Hey, everybody. Todd back. Todd back 365. It is Monday, April 20th. And today we have another special episode with two of my good friends, two of my business partners. We have Chris Sheets and Ryan Hilliard with us here today. Ryan, you start. How are we doing? Todd Beck, honored to be here. Uh, great to be with you and Christopher. Uh, love you, bro. Doing well. I am. It's Monday, which doesn't feel like a Monday. I think it's April 20th, which it feels like it's April the 43rd, but we're doing good, bro. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, long time listener, first time guest. But. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, we're we're trucking along over here at the Sheets household, you know? Just surviving, a lot of playing outside, a lot of a lot of just fun stuff going on. Well, one of the reasons I, I specifically wanted to have, have you both on here today is to just talk about what life is like right now. Because I, I really think that we are gonna look back at this time period and it's just gonna be I don't know. It's something we will never forget. There's no doubt about that. And we have all been in constant communication throughout this whole thing. And so I kind of know a little bit about, you know, how, where Chris is, where you are with things, Chris, where Ryan is with, with things and where I, and you guys know where I am. And I think we're all in moving in the same direction, but we're all on kind of different lanes, which is great. And that's what makes this like an exciting uh, call for me because I need to talk about these things. I can only, I can only talk to, to Lauren for so long before she's like, I do not want to talk about anything <laughs> relating to this stuff anymore. So guys, the first question, um, and, and Chris, I want to start, I want to start with you is, you know, when, when did you know, when did you first get like, this is going to be something like, this is not just uh a blip on the radar like this is some, going to be something serious like when did this start entering your mind that you knew like something was coming um i would go back to our, our first case here in kentucky which occurred on march 6th i think is the date that was our tony's event when we when we had that when we heard about the first case and everyone was thinking oh my gosh i can't believe it's in kentucky but also there wasn't really much fear about it. Um, that weekend, I remember talking to Sarah on a couple of occasions about what she thinks. And then for me, over the course of that next week, between the, the 8th and what's that, 13th, um, that whole week was just me not really knowing and not really learning a whole lot myself, but hearing too much to some degree from Sarah to continue to be calm about it. And so for me, it started to build up and I realized, okay, there's something serious here. This is a major issue. It is legitimately in Kentucky. There is community spread here in, Le in Lexington and the surrounding areas. And this is going to be something that's going to affect our lives and started planning for what 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 happens now when the girls no longer go to daycare, and what do I do, and, and how does Sarah's life fit into my life, fit into the girls' lives, and um, all of those things. That week was just the kind of the aha moment of oh my gosh. 
and give so give us um for the the audience what the breakdown of your your age of your kids and then i think it's also important about what your what your wife does for a living so two kids Addie is three and a half and Annie is just turned one um, at the end of that week, actually. May, or no. Yeah, March 13th, end of that week was, uh, was her birthday. So, but those two and they both go to daycare five days a week. And so it was a, definitely a big change for us there. And then my wife, unlike many people right now where she's at home with husband, wife, kids, for us, it is she is working 60 to 70 hours a week as a primary care physician who is now not only continuing to see her patients, but is also running a lot of the COVID response for UK. So big role there that, frankly, she just jumped into because she was a little bit more concerned on the front end than the average physician and decided that if she didn't do it, nobody else would. And she didn't want to be forced into taking orders and um, I guess just directions from somebody that was not actually pursuing how to resolve this and how to handle it correctly. So she decided she was going to take the lead and, you know, I'm glad, but also a little stressed that she decided to do that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think it's you. You have such a, a unique perspective on on all of this um, with that dynamic, and so I'm real, you know, anxious and looking forward to hearing um, some different thoughts from you on this. And and Ryan, what about you, man? When did it come on to your radar that like this is not just uh, something we're seeing on the news? Like this is this is happening here in the bluegrass state. Well, I think back really that first night that just surprised me was probably four or five nights after Chris. I do remember when we the, the text started trickling in that the first uh, case was in Kentucky and it wasn't just a meme joke that I'd received weeks prior about it. You know, it was it was the real deal. And but that week later that week, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, I was sitting down, relaxing, watching some NBA basketball, which, boy, I miss. And uh, <laughs> the game was the Utah Jazz and and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I was just getting ready to watch it. And then some dude runs out of the locker room, sprints out, and calls the game, like right before it starts. And I don't think anybody knew what was going on. And then about 10 minutes later, it came out that Rudy Gobert – the center for the jazz had tested positive and that's not um, Kentucky per se, but that's when I really felt like, okay, this is, this is serious. This is not like, um, this is no longer a a drill. You know, this is going to be a long-term thing. And if they're shutting down basketball games two minutes before they start, what's it going to look like for us? So it's been wild, man. And uh, for me, the family dynamics, uh, yeah. Family dynamic really, um, you know, I've got two kids as well and then one on the way. So I've got a uh, five-year-old girl, a two-year-old boy, and then one on the way. So life's full. Uh, Rachel, my wife, is doing an awesome job just being a champ around the house, uh, trying to get some work done. It's it's life's full, man. It's uh, 
it's very interesting. She is an absolute beast. I mean, she's 17 weeks pregnant now and just chugging along, man. So it's great. And I, I would say the, uh, the the other dimension that, that neither of you have mentioned, which is one of the reasons I, I love you both, is that you're also two of the uh, the most successful realtors here in Central Kentucky. And so you add that piece to the pie, and my goodness, like that is a re- that is a recipe for uh, a lot of action, a lot of action. And so. Okay, so we're all about that same week in March. I'm looking at my calendar right now. So after the Tony's event, that 9th to the 13th, that was the the Gobert happened, I believe, on Wednesday the 11th. And then the SEC tournament got canceled. And then the NCAA tournament got canceled. And then you get into the next week, the stock market fell off the cliff. And it was literally mm-hmm. every day the market was just getting insane. And I think that two that two week period, man, I probably from the ninth to the twentieth, like the ninth to the twenty third, that two week period. I mean, it was news was flying left and right. The market was, I mean, people were were in a a panic. And so, at least right now, where we are, April twentieth, things have at least gotten to a a little bit of a normal. I mean, I guess whatever we want to say this is right now, right? It's like we are where we are. But so, Chris, take this one. It's like, what is life like for you, like like right now? Like what what are, like just kind of, and take that wherever you want to go with it. Like what is happening right now in April 20th, kind of from where things were to where they are now? Like just take that however you want to. Just what's life like right now? Yeah, I think um, what's interesting to me is just seeing the the dynamic shift from the fear up front, right, to where we are now, which is this is, we're right in the middle of it. And seeing the optimism from folks who were scared up front, but are no longer scared, and they're, and they're now thinking in a lot of cases, well maybe this won't actually affect me. So I want to get back to normal just a month in, I mean, one month from terrified to, I want to go back to normal and thinking, Oh, well, it's going to be just totally fine. And and I think that's fascinating for me to see that dynamic of of everything because we are right in the middle of it now. And so we have all these people that are wanting to get out and go do things because they've been sheltered for a month, basically. And, it is so much worse today than it was a month ago. And so many more people are sick right now than they were a month ago. And yet everybody's thinking, Oh, let's get back out there because we've done this long enough. This it's just such a good indication to me of that 24 hour news cycle, right? This has been a 24 day news cycle essentially. And people are like, now we're done now. I don't want to think about that anymore. Let's get past that. And let's move on to the next thing. What else is happening? Um, So I think that's been really interesting, but, uh, but in, in our own household, life's been naturally different. Um, it's been very different for me. Sarah's work schedule has been pretty similar with just some extra hours. Um, but we've got a babysitter that'll come for a few hours a day in the middle of the day and help me out. So our girls of course don't nap at the same time as a real treat. Um, wow. Different timing for naps. So we have one of them sleeping pretty much at any given time from, um, about 11 AM until 5 PM. (laughs) So, 
that's fun. But, but yeah, just, just different. And I'm here at home helping out with the babysitter. And of course, as you guys both know, whenever you're home, it, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. Your kids always want to chase you and, you know, they want to be on a video call or they want to do whatever else. So, uh, that's been a, a unique and, and different experience trying to figure out how to make phone calls and going on a lot of walks with the dog, just trying to do that. And personally, I stopped showing houses, uh, except to physician clients who are working with my wife. So physician clients of mine that already have contact with my wife, I will still show houses to because I see those folks and she sees those folks. So similar, um, in that sense, but anybody else I'm not showing houses to, I'm having other folks show them for me because I know that I'm probably at a higher risk of being exposed given her position and the fact that she is out in the community on a daily basis, having interactions with people. So we're trying to do everything we can to not have interaction. I've done a lot of video showing, have had other agency video showings for me, have had things like that. And then also been involved with a lot of emailing back and forth, discussion of houses, talking about neighborhoods, Zoom phone calls, things of that nature. I've sat in this office that I'm in right now for more hours in the last three weeks than I have in the last three years. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. interesting. I wish I had doors on it, to be honest, but I don't. It's all open. And yeah, no, it's, it's been just different. It's been completely different, a unique experience. I'm thankful to have great folks at the brokerage that have been able to help me and show properties and um, understanding clients as well who realize that I'm not always going to be the one that's available because of just dynamics and jobs of my, of my wife and things like that. Love it, man. That's awesome. Uh, you know, the home office thing that you mentioned, I was listening to uh, an interview that, that Robert Refkin did with Compass, and he talked about like that was one of the topics that they were bringing up internally was that the reinvention of the home office is going to be like a thing moving forward, right? <clears throat> or just you, uh, it's just seen in a totally different way right now. And I was just like, that's a good, that's a great point. Cause uh, I know there's some things I would change with my home office right now, but uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Where, what is life like for you and your family right now on April 20th? Like what, how have we evolved to where we are now? Well, you know, I, I think I had been on one zoom call in my life before this started and uh, how many have we all been on now? You know, it's uh, it, it's amazing. So good for Zoom, first of all. Bravo, Zoom. Uh, and I, for the record, I'm sitting at my kitchen island, so I can, uh, I absolutely agree with the home office. It's It's been anywhere that I can hide away for a few minutes. Todd, where are you sitting right now? Are you in an office? I'm, a, I'm at an undisclosed location. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just put, put it like that. <laughs> Well, that, that's perfect. I know you've been good, a good boy. Uh, my life, I will say, has been, uh, much like Chris, it's just interesting in terms of navigating kids, home life. Uh, this is normally our period in real estate in central Kentucky where it is like our playoffs. I liken it to. So this March to June, is this is like our time. And so I think navigating those waters with uh, with this different type of normal that we've been operating in now for 40 days plus, I think has been very interesting. 
I think it's uh, caused all of us to kind of refine how we do things, which is good. It's taken us an opportunity to step back and uh, have a chance to take a 30,000 foot view on how we operate. And, uh, but man, my, again, wife's been awesome here at home. Rachel's been unbelievable with the kids. We're trying to do some preschool programming. Neither of them are in school. So we're doing preschool programming every day. Um, mad respect for the parents out there that are doing true homeschooling. Cause it's a challenge enough for us to get two hours in, uh, of preschool. So mm-hmm. I can't even imagine, uh, what I've heard from some families that have three kids that are all school age. So uh, absolutely bravo to you guys. Big hand claps, high fives when we can again. But it's definitely interesting. I think that just the, the you know, I've been on the phone a lot more than normal, which is good. I think that, you know, as we all talk about, you know, meeting people face to face for us is our bread and butter. And that's been taken away. So finding ways to operate in a different way has just been, it's been good. It's been healthy, I think. Yeah, all valid valid points from both you guys and it is just man just so many things that we take for well maybe we didn't take them for granted but dang like right now i know just that that dropping off of the kids at at uh, about 8 30 to sit in area whoo i miss i miss that you know and i think it's okay to say that i think it's okay i mean every once in a while and what's amazing is i can look at the weather and I can just go ahead and tell you what days are going to be more challenging than others, because if it's <laughs> nice outside, those days are a breeze. We can go on two hour walk, hour walk, easy, play outside. Things are great. But those cold and rainy days, like those are ones where it's like we've got to we've got to reach in our bag of tricks here because this this could be a long day. And we just so the weather has been um, very clutch. And so at least this time of year, you know. Thank goodness, if we can be thankful for anything, it's that it's, you know, it's about to be warming up. And, yeah, I don't know. I just think there's so many things to to think about and un, and un, and just, I don't know. It, it I think often and I go in these waves. I go in these waves of like everything. Well, at the beginning, it was like, this is chaos. This is, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it was feeling like you had a good handle on it. And then it was like, Nope, this is still like out of control. And then about, nope, I got a good handle on it. And this takes me to what I, you know, I really want to talk to you guys about is what the these guidelines from the, the from the White House on reopening up. And I read those, and of course, I've been tracking all the models that they're telling people that you know that they're using that are available to the public to to look at. And, you know, these these peaks right in Kentucky, they like they've been kind of towards the end of April and I think they've been adjusted. But let's just stick with me and say, OK, end of April. So then I'm thinking, all right. If we peak at the end of April, then our cases are going to go down for 15, 14 days and then we can hit this phase one that they're talking about. And then in another 14 days, we can hit phase two. And then in another 14, we can hit phase three. And boom, we're we're back. And the last two days, <laughs> as I've been researching and listening to people and reading articles, you're just like, no, like, that's not how this is going to work at all. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of people that believe that that's how it's going to work. And that then sends me back to the 
like, man, like, I just feel like these, there's just, I don't know, there's so many different viewpoints and, and thoughts. And it's like, you just wish somebody would stand up and just say, here's how it's going to be. And I know that like our governor's done an awesome job. And I think he is, is really trying to land that plane and take it off very cautiously to keep everybody in it. But, um, but I don't know. And so that's why I wanted to kind of, Ryan, we'll start with you on this is like, what do you think, like, where do we go from, from here? Like with where we are now, like just, what do you think? Like from everything that you know and everything that you're looking at, like, what do you think that first like next step is for, for like, just use Kentucky. Like what, what is our next step? Like what, when do we kind of move forward from where we are right now on the 20th? Like what, when, when's that going to, or just, what do you think about that? How's your mind look at that? Well, first, you know, I'm no expert, so you know that, but I have many thoughts on it and my thoughts change every day, much like the news cycle changes every day. Just like that's why I want to get it uh, for the 20th, April 20th, where are your thoughts at? (laughs) So we've already canceled, you know, our vacation, which was mid-May. We were going to go to Florida. We've canceled that. We have been hopeful. I am very hopeful that phase one can begin in Kentucky and Fayette County. Lexington's done a great job. Uh, we were on a call with our mayor this morning and she, they just, Fayette County is unbelievable and how well we've done and operated. But my hope, this is just my hope and I'm the eternal optimist. So I always have to have some level of hope is that phase one can begin end of May. That is, that is my hope. Now, what is that grounded on? I don't really, don't really have a lot other than just what I've read, looking at the national guidelines and giving me uh, some hope that phase one can begin end of May, if not sooner. I know that that still means that uh, restaurants, places of worship, sports venues, uh, probably won't be able to operate, but it also means that, uh, you know, there's going to be that trickling in of hopefully getting back to something that we can all one day get back to, which is our normal life, which, as you said, we took so much of that for granted. And it's unbelievable. I think this, uh, yeah, anyway, I won't go into all that, but I, I'm very grateful for the thought of, of reopening down the road. But I know it has to be done extremely cautiously. But- but let me and let me follow up with that, Ryan, because you said something before we went we went on air that I thought was I think that's how a lot of people are thinking. It's like it's the like end of May because how much longer can it go before people are just ready to to go? Right. Like how like what like it's like what if we didn't get to phase one before the end of May? Like what what would. I don't know. It's scary to think about, you know, <laughs> it, it is scary. Yeah. We've already seen the vocal minority start speaking up, you know, in, in terms of protests and things like that, that's not going to do us any good. I'm with you. I believe that we need a more unified front on just one voice that can be our uh, kind of, here's our mission control and here's our, here's our method or our means of operation, order of operations. Here's how it's going to go. And what, what does that look like? Until we have that, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, misinformation, a lot of conversations that we, you know, it's just, it's mixed up. And it's, and again, it's novel. It's the first time we've all done this. First time anybody's seen anything like this. So 
it's so hard to say. I hate to think, but a part of my end of May is just a hope, really. It's just a big hope. Well, I have to have something to look forward to. Yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to to Chris's answer or just his thoughts on this because and the other just the last point and you know I I am listening to what Bashir said I mean every day at five like I never miss it and he you know and I just wish that he or Doctor Stack would just just say like with the data that's being shown like here's what this looks like or even with the the PPE just just give us of like hey this is what we think based on this information but i just feel like they just don't want to say that we're probably not going to be able to do this and and they don't want to put a date out there but i also think that like there's a lot of people that think on may 1 that we're getting back to to phase 1 and i just don't like think that's happening at all um chris i'm dying to hear get Take it away. Where do we go? <laughs> uh, what? What? Ha- where do we go from here? What? what what's going to happen? I wish I knew. I do. Um, you know, this has been a challenge for me because I, I try to be optimistic, but as you, both of you know, I also like to play devil's advocate a lot in trying to think through what are all the scenarios here and how does this play out in a variety of situations. Um, I. Also, unfortunately, have my pessimistic wife, who is usually optimistic, (laughs) but in this case, based on the responses she's seen at work and just in the medical community as a whole, um, she's not the most optimistic about what things look like from now moving forward. And, And I think the, I agree that I would love to see phase one start around that time. But what, what we're forgetting, I think, and what a lot of us are forgetting is that in, in doing this and in starting phase one, we are, phase one is just the beginning of somewhat of a let's get back to semi-normal. But I think so many things are going to change within that, that it's, it's not, it's going to look a whole lot more like where we are now, even in phase one and two, and frankly, up to phase three, it's going to look more like we, where we are now than it did March 1st. And I think people are, are, are optimistic and they want to have hope. And I think, like you said, our, our government officials want to give us hope because if we don't have that hope, people just boycott everything. And, and we have all these different, um, yeah, we have people protesting, what have you. So I think phase one is great and I would love to get there, but we need to have more testing. We're, we're so under tested and so many of these other countries that were able to open things back up. I'm sure you guys have read some of the case studies about countries like Taiwan, um, South Korea, and some of these others that have been able to start opening back up. But we also have to realize too, that a lot of these countries that have been able to start opening back up are a lot healthier countries overall in terms of the general health of their citizens. Um, people point to the Sweden study and how they're kind of letting the young and healthy be out and, and transmit um, asymptomatically or with some, some cases, but and then keep the, the older folks at home and the more susceptible. And, and I, I think that there's some validity to that specifically in Sweden, but you take the, the average number of, um, I can't remember the term for it, but um, the average number of factors 
health-wise that would put you at risk that someone in Sweden has versus someone in the U.S. And we're like five times less healthy than the average Swedish person. And so we have so many more complicating factors that will make even the young and healthy, right, among us more susceptible to COVID-19 than, than people in some of these other countries. And so we have to be extra careful here in the U.S. And I don't think people are taking that into account because we have this American sense of, of pride and we always feel like we are just as good, if not better than any, anyone else and people in these other countries and think, oh, well, we can do it. If they can do it, we can definitely do it. And I mean, I like to think that, right? I, mean, I don't want to think that we're worse, but whenever you look at the actual data and the health statistics, we're a less healthy country. So point, point there is just that we need, to be, we need to make sure that we have as much testing as possible available and we need to get the antibody testing going as well so that we can figure out who actually has it. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the recent studies that have come out as well on just cross sections in certain places. There was a homeless shelter in Boston that was tested. There was um, a maternity ward in New York that was tested. And they both came back with huge percentages of asymptomatic people that didn't think that they had any, anything related to COVID. And so we don't know how prevalent this really is right now. And so that, that's going to be something that we need to figure out and we need to determine prior to opening things back up. The, and then, of course, PPE is a challenge. We are so short on PPE and everybody's trying to buy the same PPE. It's all seemingly stuck in China somewhere and we're not able to produce more. But if we open things back up and we don't have that PPE, we're going to have an absolute disastrous second wave of infections that's going to cause us to be locked down for months on end. And so people need to realize that if we're not doing, if we don't have the PPE and we don't have the testing, then opening back up is a temporary relief that's going to create a bigger problem down the road. And so, again, uh, it's all the same thing. I'm, I'm just repeating myself. It, what it comes down to is there's so much difference between March 1st and any semblance of reopening until we have a vaccine that in my opinion, it's going to take a while before we can get back to any real semblance of normal. See, and yeah, and that's, that was going to be my last kind of thing to talk about was, was this like the, it's kind of what no one wants to talk about because we all know like the road ahead. And sometimes we don't even want to think about six to 12 months ahead. We just want to think about like the next month. and when everyone even talks about phase one and, and getting things going, but even when you look at those guidelines from the white house about what phase one says, like, sometimes I want to be like, well, what do you think life is going to look like? Like, what are you anticipating in your mind? Because do you understand that they're probably going to put restrictions out there that like, if you're out in public, you, you have to be wearing a mask. And can you imagine like if I'm with, you know, my daughter, Matt, like, you know, I've got a four-year-old, you guys know this, a four and a one-year-old. And if we go out in public, like the whole family, we have to be wearing masks. And then we see all these other people wearing masks. And I'm like, it almost, you know, we're all emotional guys. It just makes you, 
God, you just, your heart starts to hurt because you got to answer these questions to your kids. Like, oh, hey, why are all these people wearing, wearing masks, dad? Like, what is, is everyone okay? Like, what's going on? And, and it's just, I don't even, and people have to sh- social distance and restaurants are not going to be like what we remember. And they're, they're like, there's no sporting events and like all these things that I, sometimes I think people forget and they like, like to Chris's point, they think that like when we get back, it's going to look like it does in March. And that's just, that's just not the case, no matter what phase we're in, like it's going to look completely different. And sometimes I think we, me in particular, forget about that because we're just so ready to get on to the next phase. And I'm sometimes like, well, what's going to change? Like, like that's when I'm having myself talk. I'm like, Todd, what's going to change when you go to phase one? Like what, what's going to change in your life? Like, and sometimes I'm like, I guess nothing, <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> school, schools aren't going back right. in. Um, we can't do the things that we love doing with the brokerage, right. Which is getting, that's one of the things we love with our people, getting a lot of people together and talking about real estate in person where we're not going to be able to do that. And I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about? Do you ever think about that? Like what, like even like, what's it even mean? Like the next state, like what, Ryan, what do you think? I don't want to, I just think it's important to, that we, we all like acknowledge and talk about this stuff because sometimes I don't know, sometimes you don't even think about it. You're just like, hell, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? You almost don't want to think about it. I know. I'll tell you what, last week, last week, a guy and I, I met him at his house uh, he was just opening the door for me. It was vacant. And instantly we both shook hands and then we both looked at each other. We stepped back like, Oh no, what did we just do? And you know, that was the first time that had happened in 40 days or whatever. I'll admit it felt pretty good, but, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. It, but you know, I, I love a good handshake and you know, just things like that. People are saying we're not going to be shaking hands anymore. And I, it, it, it does. It hurts me to think about it. I've joked with you guys. Uh, there's a book called love languages and my love language is physical touch. I just like to give people a hug, love a high five, love a, a good fist bump. You know, it's just like, are those things going to come back? And uh, I, I, I've got to hope that they are, but it's going to be a long, long time as Chris and Todd, you both mentioned probably until, we have some sort of vaccine. That stuff's not going to come around. So um, I hate, I do hate it. Like you said, Tom, for the kids, I hate it that life is very different in some of these very formative years right now. We'll see uh, what that looks like. You know, I've got one going to kindergarten this year and it just seems like, man, what a cool, sweet little experience that normally is. And I wonder if that's going to look anything like it come the fall. So those are things that I'm thinking about. I, I think about football. I think about how much I miss sports and it's just, didn't realize how much those things were kind of a release for all of us, you know? So I miss it, man. And Chris, yeah. And I, and I even think too about, you know, we had our first, uh, our Disney trip was, was planned for this fall. Like it was happening. And like, I just can't even imagine how in the world a place like Disney is going to be able, like with lines of people and distancing, like, I don't even know how this stuff is going to work for these places. And, I mean, Chris, what do you, I mean, what, what, when it comes to that, like what life's going to look like ahead, like where, where does your mind go with stuff like that? Like how, how do you process it? Yeah. I mean, I've, again, my perspective is a little bit um, more skewed towards, well, 
it's going to be, it's going to be bad and let's figure out what the worst case scenario is and work backwards from there to get to a medium scenario. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. We had a Disney trip planned for this fall and our daughter's super excited about it, but, uh, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, I can't imagine that trip actually happening this fall. I know that sounds crazy. I mean, that's six months away, but frankly, again, without a vaccine, I don't know how you do get back to that because this, this virus is going to continue to exist. It's not going away. Uh, it, it's there. And even whenever we open things back up, like you said, Todd, I think people are not acknowledging that it's not going away. It is staying. It's going to continue to be here until we have a vaccine for it and we can prevent people from contracting it. So <clears throat> any of those things, like you said, sporting events, restaurants, theme parks, all that stuff's not going to happen for the next year. Now, the good thing is it's only a year. And as, as, as crazy as a, it's only a year sounds, there are a lot of folks, our, our ancestors, our, our anybody, I mean, grandparents, parents had periods of time in their lives where the country was at war and there was nothing really going on except war preparations, et cetera, for multiple years. And so if we have just over a year, 18 months of, like I know we've, we've joked with, we, we're being asked to sit at home and watch Netflix. And it's, it's kind of true, right? I mean, for 18 months, our, our restriction is that we have to spend less time socializing with people in public and be at home with our families, uh, be outside, run, bike, walk, play outside. If that's what we're being restricted to do for 18 months, and then after that 18 months, we can kind of go back to some version of what our previous life was, that's not bad in the grand scheme of our hopefully 80 plus year lives. And so I think we have to remember that and acknowledge that worst case, we're probably looking at another year of waiting until we have a vaccine. And yes, we will be able to open back up to some degree with versions of testing and everything like that. Our kids will be able to get back to school, but it's not going to be the same world with sports, with movies, with all those sorts of things, with large gatherings. So, yeah. And, yeah, and, and and my thing that I was, we were talking about this morning on our walk was that, about walks, I mean, never in my life have I been on so, and I love the walk. Like today, we hit a four-miler this morning. It was fantastic. You're looking but, good, um, You lost some weight during you, this? You do look good, bud. Yeah. No, I think I think it's just because I've I've gained so much that now um, my 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 curve is also I think we've we've reached the peak and now it starts uh, to come back down, which is good. But uh, but you know I just think too like there's so many. It's just the mindset of the way people work, and they're just like, okay, even if businesses open up tomorrow, like how's the public going to respond to that? Like, just because you open back up does not mean people are just going to start filing back in like to hotels and flights. And like, I'm imagining, you know, my home away from home was Malibu Jacks for two years. I, I mean, boys, unless I can rent out the entire thing myself and, and have it all disinfected by a company, there's no way I'm going to Malibu Jacks or Gaddy Town or any place like that, like until there's a vaccine. And, I don't know. And so is that it? Like, are we, is it basically just 
like everything that's being done now is just to to get kind of people going again and get the economy like somewhat moving again. But until we get a vaccine, like we're always just going to be in this weird new normal, like until there's a vaccine. I mean, do you, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, is that where your head, I, I really haven't really thought that until just a day or two ago talking about the things I'm talking to you guys about, but now I'm, I'm just kind of like, until we get that, like, we're just going to be in this weird, like new way of living, you know? Yeah, man, I'm with you. I think it that's that's my expectation too. And it's it's an unfortunate one. It's one that I honestly hoped I would never have to succumb to expecting that, but it's true. And I I yeah, I don't I don't know. There but there's there's so many things like when you're mentioning mentioning restaurants, you mentioned these, you know, just thing the things that we love about Lexington, you know, Keeneland in the fall. Is there any shot of that happening? It's those things are things that I just, you know stuff to think about it not happening and uh, there's a lot of people hurting right now and i know that there is a you know for a lot of folks have lost jobs a lot of folks have lost a lot of money in the stock market it's uh it's interesting that uh i can understand why people want to reopen but we've got to do it in a wise fashion you know well and let me bring this up to you and uh, chris to get your thoughts on this too i know for both of you like your your faith plays a, a big part in your life and going going to church and like how are churches gonna like like how that how will that work have you guys but like what how will that work with with church like because if you're in a big more than 10 more than 50 people like how are those gonna have like in-person services gonna start again and if we don't have to talk about that i'm just really curious like how like I mean, that can't come back, can it? Like until there's a vaccine or what? I can't imagine. I can't imagine it does. I think it's been a, we've had a good experience. Our church has been fortunate enough to kind of adapt pretty quick to, we do Sunday church at home now and we're sitting there streaming a service. Again, you mentioned how nice it is to have childcare. We, we have never had the church service where kids are sprinting and running on us on the couch, you know? So things are, church looks a lot different now. Uh, you know, it, it is, I agree, man, it churches, it's going to be a long time that that hurts. And I know that that's something you know, every Sunday I look forward to just in terms of a communal aspect of things and just being with people you love. And so again, that's tough. It's going to be a while for churches. And I think they are just from the leaders at our church who are just starting to realize it really is going to be some time before that starts to happen again. And that, that's tough. It's almost like you can see, oh, we've got a great uh, young pastor. I say young, he's probably 45, but that's young to me anymore. But it looks like he wants to reach to the screen and give you a hug. You know, he just, he wants that physical interaction. It's tough. Chris, you go ahead, man. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like you, Ryan. I, uh, I'm not a physical interaction type guy. And so this has been wonderful. <laughs> I haven't been able to hunker down, bro. That's right. That's right. I don't have to worry about you trying to give me a hug every time I come in the office. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna get you when you come back, bro. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, yeah, I'm with you that we've got, uh, we've had some really good interactive kind of, uh, online services. And then, uh, there's also some really good, our, our church is really good about having small groups and trying to encourage that. And then also this 210 leaders program that we're, I've been involved with They They do some zoom meetings 
through that. So we've been able to have some just not one-on-one, but small group interactions that way to keep people going and keep people thinking uh, in the right mindset. So that's been good, but I agree. Yeah. It's going to be a long road probably again, same thing, same time as sport sporting events and movies and all that sort of stuff. That's when these larger churches are going to be able to get back together again. So it's going to be a while, but I think it also encourages people to practice their faith in smaller settings, which is frankly probably good because a lot of folks are just, you know, your casual Sunday churchgoers that go one time and never interact with anybody else about it. Uh, and so this encourages people to stay connected and get connected if they're not already connected by some of these other um, avenues while they have free time at home. So, Guys, this is just like scratch. I mean, th- we just haven't even begun to get into the, I think the amount of conversation that we could talk about this because there's just so many layers to this. I mean, we haven't even talked about what's it look like when, you know, all of the testing and contact tracing, like what's that going to look like here in, in Lexington? How's that going to work? You know, like how are they going to set that up in the next 30 days? And what's that going to be like? You know, and I just think that we won't, t- but just these are just random. These are my, like my, my quick fires. It's like, what, what if, you know, we, we, we get going back at the brokerage again and then they say, well, someone, do someone tested positive and they contract trace it back and they're like, okay, you guys all have to quarantine for 14 days. You know, and it's like, what? Excuse me. Like imagine that dynamic that's getting ready to come to our life, you know, for the, for the entire United States. I mean, just, it's just, I don't know, man, it just blows me away what we're getting ready to, uh, to experience here. Um, so any final thoughts before we we wrap up here anything you guys want to say talk about anything now i want to know what is the one thing you each miss most that was going on in your life in february and in the first week Mm -hmm. of march that is now no longer available it can be as vain as you want it can be as as Mm -hmm. normal as anything but what, what do you guys miss most about what life was before this hit I mean, mine's going to be stupid, but frankly, mine is uh, kids' school and kids' activities. I really, I I didn't realize how much I enjoyed, um, A, like just hearing their stories from school, uh, but B, watching Addie specifically, the three-year-old, in her activities and how excited she was afterwards. Like she goes to kids strong, she goes to swim lessons and just seeing her pride and excitement in doing that, that she had that. I mean, those are things that if I could pick one thing to restart right away, it'd be those two things because she absolutely loved those. And it was, it was just so enjoyable for me to see the excitement uh, and the progress. And they don't really have that now just being home. There's not as many, um, I try to, create obstacle courses and stuff, but still not quite the same. So just, I think that's one thing that I really enjoyed. That's a good, Dang. that's a good one. Dang, that's I, a good answer. I, that is a good Todd, one. you're going to look bad Mom. now. You're going to look like a bad dad, no matter what you say now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I will say as long as this weather stays, stays good, like we are doing, uh, but to the question, the one thing, if I go and pick one thing and it has to do with you guys, it's, it's, it's 
it's like seeing all the people at, like I actually I love where I work. I love the group of people that we have here at the office and to not I mean every Monday we would have a group of 30 to 40 people that we would get to talk with and and see and see what's happened in their life and then you know I'm just being here at the office and seeing everybody like you just like that is to me is the one thing that I knew how much I loved it but man like it just it sucks not being able to see everybody just on a daily basis um and I think for some people that's not even like they could care they that's not a factor but man like to me that is uh seeing all of the fine folks here at the brokerage is definitely like that's tough man it's tough um cuz i get to see everyone i get to see my my uh my kids i guess and my dad i haven't seen my dad in forever you know i'm used to seeing him every day and so that's that's uh that's weird that is weird so that's mine seeing all the fine folks here at the office what about you Ryan no, man, those are good. I mean, mine, I think, is just starting to hit. We like to just do these little weekend kind of sneakaways and getaways. And, I mean, just not being able to do those kind of things are – it's just surprising. Rachel and I had just gotten in the rhythm of doing a date night every week, and that rhythm was cut short quick. So it's just – and like you said, man, just seeing – I think my kids being able to see their grandparents is just – that's tough. Like, they're not able to see grandma and grandpa. It's like, man, that's just – it wrenches your heart out. We we go and see them, and grandma and grandpa stay inside the house, and they they've hid Easter eggs in the yard, and they watch from a window. It's like that breaks your heart a little bit for grandma and grandpa, and for the kids because they it's hard to explain that to them. But that was three things I think in one. But there you go. Yeah, that's that's it, man. And I think we will. Uh, I really enjoyed this chatting with you guys here for the last hour i want to do it again as we get some weeks more into this thing because i think like to me the evolution is just you know i pray that everyone stays safe and stays healthy and just you know i mean there's just i don't know it's just going to be interesting and i think we're i think we are still in like the first quarter of this thing. And I think so many people think we're in like the third quarter and it's almost like back to normal. And it's just, uh, I don't know. And that's why, but I'm, I'm trying to be uh, extremely positive and calm and overprepared, but uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just think, I mean, do you guys think last, do you guys think that, that like we're, I know Chris, you said like, where if this is a a baseball game, a baseball game that gives us nine innings, like where where are we? Like, and I I'll just go for. I think we're like right now we're in like the bottom of the of the second inning right now. Like we're we've I don't know. I guess that's where I think. I don't know. Where are we further along than that? What do you think? What do you think, Ryan? And then we'll end it with Chris. <laughs> I think that if we are in a baseball game. I'm going to go I'll at say Wrigley Field. Field. Whenever, at Wrigley Field, baby, on a summer day with a, with a hot dog, a Chicago dog, and a tall, cool Budweiser, then oh. I would say we're, we're right in the – the peak is the middle of the game. So I, even if we don't do baseball, if we do basketball, I'm going to say the peak will be halftime. And so that's the, that's the hard realization, but it's true. Man, I just want a hot dog right now. That's what saying. <laughs> <laughs> a Chicago dog. Anyway, so we're in the middle of the fourth. We're definitely not at the seventh inning stretch yet. 
That's my thought. Todd, you're probably okay. more right with the second, though. I'm going to say we're – I say – I'm sorry. The, the fourth – the middle of the fourth inning is is when the peak hits in Kentucky, whenever that and, is. And I, I just think the recovery is just going to be so much longer than people think. And that's why I just think we're at the second. But, Chris, go ahead. Uh, see, I think the the optimistic Hilliard view of the peak being the middle of the fourth is – um that that may be the peak of the first <laughs> wave of this but we're going to have multiple waves um so i think i think we're uh we've got two outs in the bottom of the first that's disgusting and you've that's already what, we've already banged thought, around the lineup come on i thought i thought the bottom of the second would be a very like very chris would approve of that he went bottom of the first with two outs well okay so so let's let's think about it right i mean if we have 18 months till a vaccine from the beginning of this so let's say we let's say the beginning was january 18 months from january is what next june so if next june is the vaccine then bottom of the first is where we are before things get back to the real version of normal. Okay. Okay. Last, I know I keep saying last thing, but this is where things have just gotten, gotten good. And next time we're, I think we're going to add a beverage to this to, to really get, get the conversation going quicker, but look at this coffee. It's all gone. Okay. So, all right. Like the, from what you know, Chris, Chris, Back the vaccine. Is there any way even possible that they could do something that's never been done before with all the resources that are going through it? And like Johnson and Johnson is like, we've got it. And it's going out like before the end of the year. Like, is there any like, is that even theoretically possible? Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm holding out hope is that there's just going to be a miracle happen with this vaccine and it's ready a lot sooner than we think. But that's the way optimistic side of me thinking. Yeah. It'll be ready by the July. Probably Todd. It'll be ready this July. Um, (laughs) You'll get it in a FedEx package right in your front door. You give it to yourself. And, uh, it's going to be a gummy, like a gummy will just dissolve. Yeah. Can I just, just Google it actually. And whatever website pops up first, that's actually probably the best one. Go ahead and order it. Uh, and it'll, <laughs> it might be expensive, but go ahead and order it. Two day no. shipping. You'll get it. You'll be good. No, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> and by the way, not being able to get something from Amazon in a day. I mean, that's a game changer. I ordered a book yesterday. It said it'll be here mid May. And that was, that was just a shock. But, um, Chris, hold on. Finish that thought on the vaccine. Like, so there's just there's really no way possible, right? With all the trials and the tests I mean, and all that stuff. I, I think the problem is just that everybody wants a vaccine, and the optimistic view is that this one's going to work. This one's going to work. This is going to be great. And the reality of it is, though, there's never been a vaccine that the first version was perfect and didn't cause side effects and actually worked against the, the disease for an extended period of time. We don't know any of those things. And so it's kind of terrifying to even at any point in this before we get through the normal phase is like three to five years. And so 18 months is a super short version of that, but we don't know what we're getting. And so if we start mass producing, spend a ton of money mass producing this thing, and then you start giving it to people and they start having major side effects 
and other p- other manufacturers have stopped working on their version of this vaccine, we're even more screwed, right? We're, we're in a really bad spot because now we have a vaccine that is either A, not working, or B, is causing all these major side effects. And, and it's being distributed to people. I'm just saying, I, I, listen, I'm all for figuring out a solution, but when you really think about it, they have to go through this process. They have to get it right. And if we don't get it right the first time, we're going to be just like reopening, same concept, reopening, vaccine, everything. We got to get it right the first time because if we don't, we're going to be in a way worse spot when, after we fail at that version. So, yeah, no, I think, I mean, and that's just the truth. And I think sometimes that's like, it's one of those things this has to sink in, but that's, um, yeah. That to give is, you a little optimism. All right. Let me give you a little optimism. Okay. Okay. Close it out with some optimism, Chris. Here we go. The other way that we can get out of this faster is if they find any sort of drug that is a good treatment for the virus. If we can find a treatment that also enables us to get back out, it doesn't prevent people from getting it, but it helps to treat people that do get it and they are admitted to the hospital. So if we can find something that helps the people that are most affected in the most severe cases, and we and people are just going back to their normal lives, the people that are most affected end up getting this treatment, they are they heal from that treatment, and a lot of people transmit it asymptomatically. That is another solution. And so that is the most optimistic view is finding a treatment for the symptoms and ensuring that people that do get it don't die from it. So there is an optimist. I don't know there, and I think we can. Work. I don't know if you've if you've heard, but the president thinks hydroxychloroquine already does that, Chris. Okay, it already. No, no I have no sure. comment. It's a, it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. All right, guys. Uh, this was great, man. This was great. Ryan, final final thoughts, and we'll sign we'll sign off. I appreciate the time. I know that. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. So, so thank you guys. But I, I think it's, it's good. We've documented what our thoughts are on the 20th of April and we'll just, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Ryan, close us out. Boys, I just, I'm big fans of you too. I'm enjoying being with you. I think that it's great to document these kind of things because this a very high likelihood, this might be the only time in our life, something like this happens. And I think one day, uh, hopefully, yeah. Journaling this, I think talking about it like this is very good. It's very healthy. I think you guys are great. I just hope people out there are staying safe and that they are staying healthy and that they're keeping hope alive in their own hearts that this is going to pass and we're going to we're going to get back to it. We've got good, I think, especially at our state level, great leadership in place that's doing good things for us. So keep the hope alive, boys. Keeping the hope alive. What? Well, no, no more questions. You guys know me. I just I, like things just keep coming to my mind. But we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait for part two. We're gonna wait for part two, guys. Thank you all so much. We'll see you tomorrow uh, for our call. Yes. Sorry, people are gonna be very confused. But uh, anyway, guys, signing off. Thank you guys very much. Todd back three sixty five. Yeah. Todd back three sixty five. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ryan. TB365, April 20th, the year of the coronavirus. Okay. See you guys. Be good, boys. See you. Bye. Bye.